Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format helps you learn at your own pace and fit earning a degree into your life. From before you enroll to after you graduate, you'll be supported by people who are invested in your success so you can pursue your goals knowing that help is available if you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show on the Choose Yourself Network. Today on the James Altucher Show... I think I, in general, need to improve on my boundaries with toxic people. I've gotten better at it, but again, it's like a spectrum. And so I've, so maybe I'm like eight-tenths of the way there, and I, I want to be, I just want to keep improving. You have an itch and you want to scratch it, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I'm careful too. you know, we all have the ability to be toxic to other people. So I'm mindful too. Like, I'm mindful, you know, look, I just think it's like the expression, like, if you can't change the people around you, change the people around you, you know? and it, That's a great quote. You know, I, I try and be an idealist. I think it was Lao Tzu. When you are in love, you feel courage. And when you feel loved, you feel strength. You feel like, wow, I have support. I have somebody who has my back. And it's not conditional. And then there's that time where it doesn't work. And that's life sometimes. And then you have to just cut your losses from them, right? And that's the hard part. And that's the discipline. But I think it's, yeah. I think that's the way you... Uh, choose yourself so as they yeah. say yes, as they say brilliant. as the kids say these days <laughs> thanks for not being toxic maybe sometimes i am um no all right so steve and i are doing another one of our podcasts about uh questions people are asking from twitter a lot of people are asking how do you know who the toxic people are in your life? How do you know if you're toxic? And how do you avoid the toxic people in your life? And by coincidence, our good podcast friend, I don't know if you saw this, Steve, today, I think, oh, our wow. good podcast friend, um, Amy Morin, who's been on this podcast like six times, she wrote an article, The One Type of Person Mentally Strong People Avoid, which is how do you also avoid what she calls energy vampires, which are not the exact... Same thing as toxic people, but there's an overlap. And so uh, we could take a look at that. Um, and there was something else. Oh, I found this interesting article about how no narcissists are not what you think. Because every, I feel like everybody who's in a breakup ever says yeah. the other person's, oh, she was just a narcissist. He was just a narcissist. It's, you would think the entire planet was filled with narcissists. So I wanted to yeah, find sure. out what the actual statistics are. So I, I looked that up. Um, all right. Toxic people. So again, I feel like this has been a, a buzzword lately. Like everybody's toxic. Everybody's a narcissist. What's what's, and, and I do think, and I've seen it in my own life and I'm sure you've seen it in yours. 
like you know if you're if you're you're you know that there's that saying you're the average of the five people you have around you and if the people you have around you are all let's say alcoholics and drug addicts and criminals or are all negative or they're always putting you down then you're probably not going to be a great success in life we we bring yes. this up in our podcast with Mike uh Massimino the the astronaut he you know after he was first rejected from being an astronaut he got his PhD at MIT and in one of his classes there was like nine people in the class and he said six of them ended up going to yeah. to outer space and that's a perfect example of that you're the average of the five people around you like if he was just hanging out in a bar in Boston he would never be able to say it's really funny six of the people hanging out at this bar went into outer space absolutely i mean part of it i think i've heard the phrase and i can't i don't want to not attribute it to the person or misattribute it but i've heard the idea of like a genius right like you're in a scene of all these geniuses around you know where like hey it cultivates you know in the art well, world which you know better than i do uh that, that really. sports world obviously i know a lot more than you do but um can't even a turtle looks fast moving past a rock but um <laughs> you know but i think that um yeah but i think there is something to be that right where like you know this a lot like well a little like in the in the literary world for instance so in the 1950s um there was no beat literary movement but but you know if you think about all the 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 one uh, I mentioned them in a second, they're all famous names. When you think of, you know, the the beat movement of writers, Jack Kerouac, Allen Ginsberg, William S. Burroughs, uh, and then, you know, there were some other fringe artists yeah. and, and writers like Lucian Carr and, and other people. They all had one thing in common. They were best friends at Columbia University. Um, yeah. Well, and William S. Burroughs didn't even go to Columbia, he just like hung yeah. out around there, like an older guy hanging out, hanging out with these little kids. And, uh, but they all kind of, I think if they had not sort of developed that scene, they not none of them would have published any yeah. books. Like Allen Ginsberg helped all of them edit their books. He even flew to uh, Morocco and and pieced together William S. Burroughs pages off the floor and put them into a book form and and got it published and, and it became you know famous book Naked Lunch. Uh, so all these you know and then if you look in the art world, uh, I think it was. Jasper Johns, Robert Rauschenberg, you know, were living together. Yeah. I think in their building, there was other famous artists. Leo Castelli would come over and say, oh, you guys are great. And then he was the one who promoted their artwork. So scenes do develop as a group. Yeah. Not you, Success is part your talent and skill and part your ability to to network with others. I, I, I think that's pretty clear because it's probably artists who were just as skilled, yeah. but they lived in Cleveland and not near the galleries of New York. And so they didn't get as famous. Yeah, I think Brian Koppelman talked about how if you want somebody to read your work rather than get an agent, get another writer to recommend you, right? You're very mm. generous with a lot of people, mm. right? Yeah, well, and we do that all the time. We get people on, yeah. help you, our friends who are in the podcast business, and we... And it means more for one of us to recommend it to somebody else than Well, somebody more else. opportunities you have to be, make yourself part of a scene. Yeah. Since being in a scene as we've been describing it, is critical to success. It 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 pays long-term to do everything you can to be part of a scene. So for us, for instance, let's say in the podcast world, yeah. we are happy to recommend yeah. our own guests to go on to other podcasts and, and share the wealth and so on. And, yeah. and we've done that frequently. Or we'll, we'll you know, let other podcasters yeah, advertise absolutely. on our podcast and, and, and so on. Um, uh, so, so, but this all brings down to toxic people. Obviously, there's only so many 
slots, like room, you know, spaces open for people in your life. And, you know, there's, there's, you know, your, your spouse or romantic partners, then there's your close friends then there's your work acquaintances and other acquaintances. And, uh, uh, if you have any negative people that could take up a huge amount of your thoughts, like I'll, I could, I could say just this past week, something, somebody did bothered me enough. They were like rude to me in a way that surprised me. And it was a, a, a once previously close friend. And I, and I just was like obsessively thinking, why did this person do that? And just even that one day, it takes up like, let's say 20 to 40% of your thinking. If yeah. you, if you obsessively think about it, like being around toxic people at some point, you know, it's like somebody working on a, a, a beehive, even if they're wearing all the masks at some point, they'll, the bees will sting you. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think obvious. Yeah, and I, no, and I, that was one of the reasons why I thought this was a very constructive topic for us. Because even just speaking to different friends of mine about this, everybody has toxic people in their lives, and everybody has toxic relationships, and it doesn't necessarily mean that that person may or may not be toxic, quote unquote, or a narcissist. But it's not good for you, right? And I think as I've gotten older, rather than be too judgmental about people or wind up. You know, it's kind of like the expression, you don't get clean rolling around in the mud. You get clean by getting out of it. And you have to learn who to cut out of your life. But it's it's on us to extricate ourselves from but, people but like it's that hard or deal like, with it. Like like people will bring yeah. up uh uh yes, I think I think the solution is cut people out of your life. But that yeah. sometimes is too extreme. And yeah. and and sometimes also you can't cut people out of your life. So so if someone's a boss or, or yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a little more difficult if they're a family member. Uh, and, and by the way, the toxic people are never kind of the the random neighbor yeah. down the street. It's always the people who are somewhat close to you. That's yeah. how the, they they're they're inside. No one's toxic in a vacuum. Like they're toxic because they're yeah. near you and doing things that are that are and, bringing you down. And I think like I. What I hope to do today and what I'm thrilled to be with you in general is like I want people to get value out of this. I want people to either get, you know, information and affirmation and say, oh, yeah, this might help me deal with it, you know, because you've had to deal with it. We all have had to deal with it. But, yeah, I I, I listen to, you know, psychologists talk about how, um, like, I'm not a psychologist, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn last night. But I think that we had um, Holiday Inn Express. There was a commercial, which, which <laughs> it was a famous commercial. We we're like just talking about the benefits of staying at a Holiday Inn Express. What was that no. with psychologists? Because <laughs> they would be like, "I'm not a doctor, but I did stay at a Holiday." You know, the, the idea that if you stay at Holiday Inn, <laughs> you could get you get a great night's sleep, then you could do anything. I see. You know, that's what you're right. either way. <laughs> joke's not funny if I have to explain it. <laughs> so anyway, but it's they were just talking about like toxic people. It's not you don't choose them as much as they choose you. You have certain mm-hmm. characteristics. You're kind, you're vulnerable, you're a people pleaser. And those people kind of subconsciously are attracted to you and that they can manipulate you. Well, well, you and know? I think that's one direction yeah. we can go here, yeah. which is we can outline the list of yeah. toxic people, which which yeah, I'm sure. more than happy to do. But there's also what you just brought up were traps that get you stuck yeah. to toxic people. I think a lot of times Again, I, I I think a common refrain. I see this all the time with like romantic breakups. Both sides will say, "Ugh, the other yeah. side was yeah, sure. was a narcissist or toxic or whatever." Um, but I think, all, but you can't just blame the other side. It's 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 there's some fifty fifty happening here, well, and sure. that's these traps where that are just as toxic that that 
like for me, for instance, I think I have a hard time uh, uh, setting boundaries yeah. with people who might be toxic. Like if if yeah. someone um, was a was or is a friend, and then suddenly uh, I'm, I'm feeling negative all the time when I'm around them, or they're or they're you know uh, you know putting me down, or if they're rude to me, like I was thinking about this person last week, I have a hard time putting up a boundary, saying, okay, well that person's no good. I need to distance myself. Uh, and so I think, I think, you know, yeah, an inability to put boundaries, which is caused for whatever reason, I don't know, is often a trap. Well, I think I, you know, one of the things I think is instructive too, is like when you wrote the best-selling book with a underwhelming, um, subtitle, subtitle about, you know, called choose yourself, but it just brings us to the whole idea that we do have choices, right? Like we always have a lot of choices and you could, you have a lot of choices in how you might deal with that person. And I heard somebody characterize like a term called like, you know, when you deal with people, okay, fine. Maybe you don't want to confront them directly, but she called it like the gray rock theory where, uh, you know, when, if you talk to people and I've learned to do that with people. Like I've had some people in my life where if you tell them something, you're, you're reluctant to share things with them because they're not listening like, oh, good for you. They're either jealous or judgmental or they want you to take some of what you have. And that's not healthy if you right, feel that so, way about people. So then I'm just, how do you catch a fish when its mouth is open? So I'm, you know, I'm very blunt. You keep it, hey, the weather's really nice. Or, hey, did you catch the game last night? Like I'm not... If I, if I share things about people, then a lot of these people are looking to take rather than right. make it a win-win. So so that's like one type of let's yeah. let's call that the first type of toxic person we'll yeah. identify is the yeah. one that you tell them something and they're your friend, but their instant reaction you sense is that they don't like the good news. They don't like the yeah. fact that you're having good news, and maybe they're not having good news in their life. Like if they were sure. having good news, who knows how they would be? But people show themselves more when they're kind of. Uh, you know, going, yeah. I, I actually, it's funny. I was about to say people show themselves more when they're going down and then, then they can get jealous or angry inappropriately or whatever, but also they show themselves when they're going up and they start blowing you off. <laughs> so yeah. in both directions, if, if they're in movement, yeah, it seems so like people start yeah. to reveal themselves. But okay, so one type of toxic person is the type of person who will get jealous or change their reactions to you or change um, their, their, their actions to you if you suddenly are on your way up and you have good news and you're sharing them and you're sharing them in a positive way, even if you're helpful to them, they don't like it. Yeah. Listen, I'm careful to, you know, again, like we, we all have the ability to be toxic, toxic to other people. So I'm mindful too. Like I'm mindful, you know, look, you know, we, we could talk about all the hazards of social media where all you people see is your highlight reels and you don't see their behind the scenes. So I'm careful about when I interact with friends. You know, I remember, you know, um, I'll stay on brand and provide a quote, but I think, you know, immature people seek congratulations and successful people self-congratulate. You know, I remember hearing Jim Rohn say that. So like, I'm careful. So you're right. Like you do all these amazing things and maybe some people aren't that happy for you. Maybe that triggers jealousy in them. Now it's up to us to find the five people around us who are happy for you, right, who so are like, that's amazing, James, like you did this, or hey, you wrote this book, or you know, you pitched this TV show, or you did this comedy thing, or you know, but, 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 those but, are the people you wanna be around. Right, and, and so like the one thing is, you can't, like let's say someone starts, you sense someone's not happy when you have good news. You don't really know, you can't, it's not easy to just say, okay, they're in that bucket. 
Um, it's just you observe, you have a yeah. data point that they might be toxic and you you start to act accordingly. Like maybe you you shift direction in terms of how you, yeah. how much time you spend with them. Like instead of upset, you can't ask the question why. Like you can't figure them out because yeah, they're it's complicated. Like you don't, you might not, there might not be one reason and and they're never going to tell you. Like some people say, oh, well, you should sit down and yeah. talk to the person and figure this out. You guys, you were good friends. But sometimes you can't figure it out. Sometimes you can't talk to them. Sometimes you just have to distance yourself. Well, it's like in literature. The villain doesn't think he or she is the villain. The villain, that's who they are. That's what they do. And I don't, and I think we have to think about, okay, what are we going to get from that interaction, you know, from that person? And, you know, and that is part of, you know, the different types of toxic people. You know, I was, I, I, th- I read, I was read with interest people talking about like narcissists and they said narcissists seek control, power, admiration, attention, all of these things from you. And so they want that kind of control over you and power. And, you know, they're, it's, you know, in all these different terms about toxic people where they'll gaslight you or, you know, invalidate the way you're feeling. And I think sometimes we have to have confidence in ourselves to say, you know what, you know, I don't know why you did what you did, but I know how it made me feel. I don't want to feel that way. And if I have a choice and we all have choices, I'd rather be with somebody who's really supportive for me, really happy for me when I accomplish things. You know, doesn't have to put you down in a certain way and treats you, you know, you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be honest, you know, to get meta. Even today, like, we were like, hey, let's talk about this. And I shared with you everything I had so that, you know, it's like so that I'm not trying to outshine people. You know, it just, we, if it's Vidal Sassoon, if you don't look good, I don't look good. Like, it's we want to make sure that we both, succeed right like it's a win-win so you know? so what 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 is a narcissist since it is the word i think a narcissist obviously comes from you know mythology where somebody loved the sight of their own reflection so much that they were just you know that it actually to too much you know that they looked in the water and they drowned you know so it's obviously somebody who has more than a you know self-esteem but i think narcissists are obviously really insecure people you know and people called our president that, I mean, or a lot of people in politicians, you know, uh, who are politicians that, but I think a narcissist, again, is somebody who wants attention all the time, admiration, control, you know. Uh, we'll, we'll tend to manipulate without yeah. thinking of the feelings of others. Yeah, yes, for sure. They want to be the center of attention. They want you to admire them and, you know, look. But but I, I'll, I'll just add, just from what yeah, for sure. I've been looking at, there's a spectrum. So the way they, you know, the way they actually diagnose narcissistic personality disorder is there's a, a test to figure out your narcissistic personality inventory. And it's ranked then from zero to 40. Everybody has a rank on yeah. this continuum. And most people are somewhere around 20 or the high teens and a high rank, like let's say between 35 and 40, 40 being the highest. Yeah. Uh, kind of gives you this, the, the, the diagnosis, whether sure. it's a BS thing or not, I don't know, but that's how they do it for, uh, that's how psychiatrists and psychologists supposedly do it. Yeah. And so, 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 so I'm, what's yours? So, so <laughs> I don't know. So, so I guess sure, what I'm saying a, though, is that a, a seven. You, I, I'm wondering if people could be no. not narcissists in general, but also someone could be a narcissist just towards you oh, interesting. or you could be a narcissist just towards someone else. I wonder if, it, I wonder if sometimes you could your narcissistic tendencies could come out more with, with some people than others. I imagine that's, yeah, I think so, right? Yeah, I think there could be certain, yeah, look, I, 
I also believe that they're toxic people, they're toxic environments, right? If you were somebody who was prone to drinking, obviously you don't want to be at a bar or prone to gambling. You don't want to be in Las Vegas or, you know, any number of things. And so there are toxic environments and there are limiting environments in people. So I do think, you know, again, like certain environments may just not, people might not be a good fit, you know, with you. And so, and they might not bring out the best in you. So it doesn't necessarily have to be, um, you know, a negative kind of perception of them. But yeah, I think. Well, I, so, so, so who else, who else, what other category would you say you've experienced in your life as a toxic person? Um, I think there's somebody who's always the victim. You know, I find oh, yeah. that, you know, I find that type of person who is, it's a, it's a form of manipulation where regardless of what happens, you always, there's never going to be a level playing field. You're always going to feel like, hey, they deserve more concern and consideration and deference because they're going through something. All right, and, so so this is a complicated yeah. one because obviously they're trying to evoke sympathy in you. Yes. And you feel bad if you're not sympathetic. And yet, if if you're going to protect yourself, it's it's the same technique. You have to somehow put up boundaries and pull away right when the person seems like yeah. they're having their biggest problems. I just, I think it's a question like with anybody, it's just a degrees, right? Like it's, you know, I think of same way somebody is happier with a lot less than what you have. Somebody complains a lot more with certain things than other people do. And I think, you know, Rabbi Harold Kushner, I remember wrote, how good you have to be. And I think like with people, like I think after you, I think you kind of know, right? Like, you know, when enough is enough, like, you know, that, you know, after a while, you know, it's like that person's concerns always are going to supersede yours because for whatever reason they have certain issues. And then you imagine like, and you, why do you think, why do you think someone becomes the victim? Like maybe they didn't get enough attention when they yeah. were younger and it's a way to get attention or sure or they don't yeah. have they don't have confidence in their positive attributes that so they can get attention that way so they use negative attributes to to get attention yeah. or manipulate or whatever i think it's both yeah i think it's i think it's i think it's definitely all all the above and it probably usually works probably and, does get sympathy a lot of the time yeah and it's like listen it's like something that we talk about and i want us to be mindful as podcasters and people who are trying to positively influence other people, you have people's trust and attention for so long. You know, you have people's trust and attention because they know they're going to learn something from you. They know you have knowledge that other people don't have or and good intentions. And they know you practice what you preach when people meet you, you're a certain way, you know, and, and you're just as curious off air as you are on air or decent to people. So that you have people's trust and attention. And I think, like with us, when you have people in your personal life, they'll have your trust and attention for only so much time, you know? And if that person, you know, isn't there for you when you need them or, only, you know, it's a one-way street, then after a while, obviously, it's an old proverb, like, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And, and you know, so I, I think, like Martin Luther King said, no man could ride you unless your back is bent. Like, you have to eventually say, hey, I deserve this life if I'm tolerating it. And you can say, okay, I'm sorry you're going through all this, but, you know, so are other people, you know? Well, yeah. so so two things on that. One is, so we've had on several people on the podcast yeah. uh, who are experts in influence and persuasion. So yeah. 
for instance, Robert Cialdini, who wrote the classic book Influence, or right. uh, Chris Voss, who is the FBI's uh, ex, you know, host hostage negotiator, or even Scott Adams, who wrote right. a book on all the influence techniques used in the recent presidential or you know the last presidential campaign. And interestingly, in none of their books and nothing ever any of them have, have has ever said said you get influenced by trying to evoke sympathy. Oh, so like none of oh, Robert Cialdini's influence techniques said, oh, you should pretend to be, you know, having problems to influence people. Never, the, the, oh, that technique does yeah. not work. So these people who are trying to use that technique that, you know, starts to transform into toxic behavior, it's a technique that ultimately doesn't work for the reasons you just said. Like you can't, yeah. you, you know, ultimately you're going to find yourself distancing yourself from the person and no matter how close you were previously, yeah. I mean, some people don't distance themselves and then they're not putting up enough boundaries, but I think you have to distance yourself just to save yourself because, yeah. you know, it's the whole cliche of life is short, but if you spend, you know, yeah. a third of your day listening to someone's problems or spending time with someone who's uh, constantly just complaining about people and complaining to you and and if you tell them oh no it's you can do this it's, it could be better if you do this and then they argue with you on that they argue with you on every suggestion you have then whether you're right or wrong you should maybe their problems are real but it's still not right. helping you if you're not able to to communicate with them at all yeah and I, listen i think i'm mindful of the people who are listening at home and they have a job and when i worked at a company i didn't love every person that I worked at and worked with. Yeah, so what with. would you do then? Like, let's say you had a colleague who you worked with every day, but was always complaining, gossiping, negative. Uh, and you know, if they're putting other people down, you know that to those other people yeah. they're putting you down. Um, and, and let's say, or let's say there's a person you never feel good. Like they always yeah. kind of disagree with you in a meeting or, or tell you to do things that are, of course you'll do them. But, like, why is this person always telling you to do this thing? Yeah, no, I felt like, and I felt fortunate once I became to the choose yourself universe with you. Um, I felt fortunate because I could choose, you know, so, I had more of a choice. Okay, but when I didn't, I was like, Calgon, take me away. But I felt like I tried to make the most of that situation. And I felt like, if, okay, if you can't change something, like Maya Angelou said, change your attitude. So if I was going to be around people like that, no, I didn't think it was great. I didn't think that they uh, were really inspiring people to be around. And I felt like, you know, they had a vision of things that was different from mine. And, you know, if I'm charitable, I'll say, okay, it's not for me. And if I'm less, you know, charitable, I'll say, like, that's just a wrong kind of mindset, you know. And, but, but again, and what would you do, like, if you had to see them? I would do my best to say, you know, take them warts and all. And then if I felt it was a cancer, then I'd have to remove it. Like I'd have to just How? kind of, well, if I was sitting across from them and, you know, and there were times where I had colleagues where I felt like I never liked somebody else that much in a job where I would talk to them all the time or disregard the job that you were job and you were paid to be there. And I took it like, again, like a privilege and a responsibility. But if I was with them, I would try and pull them aside and, and appeal to their better nature and say, hey, don't you want to do this? Like, hey, instead of being chatty patty, don't you think you want to pursue this story? Wouldn't it be great if we did this? And what if they're like, no, I don't know. And then after a while, then you're like, okay, they're not for me, you know? And then I'll put my headphones on and I'm like, I, you had your chance, you know? Like, you I, know? I think though, also, yeah. like, you have to ultimately you have to switch jobs. <laughs> 
Oh, me, 100%. Yeah, yeah, no, I think you have to, you want to be at a place worthy of your talents. You want to be at a place where people push you. You know, Kamal Ravikant made a very good point where he said, you know, when he went to Silicon Valley from Rochester, New York, he said, if you want to be fit, you don't hang around 10 chubby people who keep telling you why they're chubby. You know, you go to- This is why Kamal stopped hanging around with us. (laughs) Yeah, he, exactly. Um, Yeah, no, but I think Kamal is a brilliant guy and, and he just said, you know, you go to if you want to be fit, you go with the fittest people in the world. Maybe you hang out with Olympians or people who push you and make you feel better that you have to rise up to their standard rather than be at sea level and bitch and moan about everybody else. And that is toxic. It's a toxic environment. And maybe it's a toxic environment for them. And I But I think it's hard for people to say, well, I can't just get up and quit yeah. my job. Like, look, yeah. I had to, you know, I saw you at, at yeah. um Good day, New York. Yeah. I had to convince you to to jump ship. Oh, no, and I'm not saying yeah, they yeah. were bad. I'm not saying those no, people were I bad. No, I was like, um, uh, <laughs> yeah, no. I think, look, I think that you do get you get into a rut. I think you say it better than I can. And choose yourself. You know where you talked about like people are afraid. Like you had that whole metaphor about like going up on above, you know, ground and you seeing all these people there. I think. You know, yes, there are things that hold you back, you know, and again, bring back Amy Moore and you're afraid of change. You give other people their power by obsessing over them or you're afraid to take risks. I think I had known that for a certain while, but no, I I think when I had met you the second time, I knew like, wow, this is, this is the kind of person I wanted to be with. And you know what? I, I'll say this again. Like when we met to talk about this, I just liked how you were very... And this is another, you know, you were very process oriented, you know, and I'm pleased to say that everything we talked about is proven true where you, you said, oh, you go on Good Morning New York. You don't even know the name of the show, but like you only get three minutes. And here, when we had met, people came up to you and they said, you changed their lives and you helped them. And that's why you were motivated to do it. I think the people you don't want to be around you know, to some degree, are toxic or outcome-oriented people. People just want to be famous. People are well, doing okay. it for a reason. Let's talk people about that who category. meet me, by the way, or you, and like, and I was vulnerable to it. You know, that have a hidden agenda that they would meet with you, and they they talk about this in psycho- psychological terms, love bombs or something. Like they <laughs> befriend you, and they appeal to your vanity or your insecurity. And again, that's where those people choose you, and they. Well, you know, and they really have an agenda. They want to be friends with you because, you know, you could help them. Well, you have and, influence and, on and, TV or whatever. And by know. the way, what you said about being mindful earlier, it's important. Like, I've certainly been that person in the past. So yeah. let's yeah, say sure. let's too. say I was running a hedge fund and I wanted to raise money. Yeah. Or let's say I was running uh, an ad agency and I wanted a client. Of course, if that person asked, said, hey, come to our weekend house for the weekend and we'll discuss and I'd pack up the the family, the kids, everything. Yeah. I, the last thing I wanted to do was go to like a beach yeah. house and go yeah. in the ocean. I hate that. And uh, 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 but there I would be, like, oh, smiling and like sure. friendly. So I was, you know, I would do things in order to try to stay in business and get and get their business. And often I even felt like, oh, I hate this. Like I feel like all these people now are my friends. I don't want to be my friends. Yeah. I think I would say a couple of things like that. Like, and I should acknowledge the contributions of Linda Papadopoulos, a former guest, and Tom Frank, our friend, because again, um, <laughs> um, you know, they were nice enough to offer their thoughts on toxic people. And Tom is in Hollywood, and he talked about 
you know, hey, what's say you're in Hollywood and narcissists are usually rife over there. And so you have to deal with them over there. And a lot of these people, certainly in the Me Too movement, found themselves compromising their beliefs because, well, I don't want to, you know, have lunch or even worse with this, you know, fat slob movie studio chief who's boorish and, you know, and sexist and worse, but I kind of have to. And like think sometimes you do feel like that environment, you know, like when you're in a big environment where there's a lot of other people around you, you feel like I better do it, you know, I have no choice. And obviously you have choices. And I think as you get older and more experienced and you learn the consequences of them, you say like, you know what, that's not for me. Yes, it's totally true. Airbnb has changed my life. If anything, they have made my life so much better. Like I used to live in Airbnbs. I I lived in over a hundred or 200 different Airbnbs over a three-year period. And I loved it. I love, I became a really good guest of Airbnbs and I got to know lots of hosts. So when I initially owned a house, I, of course, the first thing I thought was I'm going to turn my house into an Airbnb because I travel a lot. So why leave my house unused when I can make a side income by letting others Airbnb my house or come to stay in my house as guests and having my own Airbnb or or being a host for Airbnb has allowed me to do just that. And I've met other hosts. I've actually spoken at Airbnb's host conference. I think it was in 2017. I met so many just nice hosts. It's a great community. And I love, you know, turning my own home into an Airbnb. Like I'm traveling to Austin next month. My home's going to be an Airbnb while I'm away. And I'll stay in an Airbnb. I'd rather stay in like a three-story house Airbnb than in one tiny hotel room in, in the middle of Austin during South by Southwest. So listen, while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who are just letting their house sit empty, who've never thought about it or didn't realize their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, then you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Daylight savings time is starting up again. Okay, podcast is over. That's all you needed to know. But why do we have uh, daylight savings time? Answer, to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting your clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day that initial, when we initially start daylight savings. But if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. This is such a brilliant idea for a business and ZipRecruiter did it. So ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. I've used ZipRecruiter particularly as a potential employee and I still to this day get messages every day. James Aldercher, would you like to apply to be VP of Entertainment at 
NBC or whatever. So there's just nonstop emails. Like I got five or six emails today because of because a year ago I signed up for ZipRecruiter. So spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey, listen, men's health is important. Men act all cocky and like they don't need anything. But the reality is, as you get older, there's some things you need. And it often feels like we're too busy to take care of our health problems. Like I'd rather do anything than go to the doctor or the dentist or the pharmacy or whatever. But now you don't have to waste your time if you use HIMS. HIMS, H-I-M-S, HIMS is changing men's healthcare by providing simple and convenient access to science-backed treatments for erectile dysfunction, hair loss, weight loss, and more. The entire process is 100% online, so you get a new routine of improving your overall health faster. Jay, you listening to all this? Yes, I definitely got to use him for now. Not that you need it. You're you're young and healthy. James, I'm 35. You, you're getting there. You might you might need it. Who knows? But if prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and indiscreet packaging. No insurance is needed. You can manage your plan on the Hims app, track progress, and learn more about your conditions and how to treat them from leading medical experts. Start your free online visit today at Hims dot com slash James. Could you imagine that there's a whole section just with my name on it? Hims.com slash James. That's how I how much I am representative of the kind of person who needs hymns. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash James for your personalized treatment options. Hymns.com slash James. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See hymns.com slash James for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. For me, that's what happened. Like yeah. that, that ad agency business, I ultimately sold and got out of that business. And the hedge fund business, I just hated so much the process of raising money it's it felt like yeah. prostitution somehow and i just so so what so i was the toxic person sure or, or i was a toxic person dealing with another toxic person who was who was yeah. taking their power and lording it over me um in, in exchange for my friendship and so 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 who knows which directions yeah. it was going but i ultimately couldn't stay in that business to to be mentally healthy i was getting so depressed yeah. to be mentally healthy i had to remove myself from that and that's basically when uh, you know, I started writing more and I started doing more activities that I enjoyed and being more process oriented, like focusing on getting yeah. to be a better writer every day, for instance, that got me a completely different audience, a completely, completely different sources of income, a different career and, and so on. And I know that's happened to a lot of our podcast guests, for instance. Yeah, I think it's great. No, I think it's, yeah, I think, look, hopefully, you know, but, 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 I just, sorry yeah. to interrupt. sometimes yeah. though, when I see it in reverse, when someone's kind of being nice to me in order to, to get Absolutely. some advantage and and I'm usually very generous back 
I'm not, I don't demand friendship in order to give something. Um, so I don't, I hope I'm not like the, how the other side, but, uh, then when someone kind of, let's say completely ghosts after they get what they want, then I do feel like, Oh, what did I do something? Or why did this happen? Like I get, I, I get upset and you can't, and it's one of those things and where you have to just move forward and you can't ask why. Yeah, I try. I've why tried, has no answer ever? Yeah, and I've tried to. I've tried to help you, you know, or like I met you helped me also with that and that kind of relationship. Yeah, it's just to is, you know, look some of these people that were around. And I think like I feel better about it. Like people are, a lot of people got you know. There's a million reasons why people are toxic to you or not helpful or not beneficial. And it's not just, you know kissing up and kicking down or like being so short-sighted people. I think about it a lot. I mean, you had a great interview with Richard Branson. He's very simply said, people want to be around people who are positive. People want to be around people who look for the best in other people. People want to be around people who, you know, praise you. And somebody actually corrected me, a psychologist said, you don't need to be around people who praise you. You need to be around people who support you, you know? And so, yeah, I think it's the old like when people show you who they are, believe them. Like, and th- and that's also like we see this a lot. Like, to be honest with you, and I'll tell you, you know, anybody listening, like people think they want to be successful, and they think that, well, and they're doing the stuff that not the successful people wouldn't do. That right, like so they like, would follow up, they would, you know. Well, let's look at that category for a second, because yeah, it's almost like the topic of our of, yeah. the, of the podcast over the past five hundred episodes. Yeah, we talk to peak performers, so they're not a peak performer because they're the world champion of something or they won the gold medal of something or they wrote the best-selling book. They're peak performers because for 20 years prior to that, they focused on process and getting better and facing lots of disappointments. You can't, you're not going to be happy every step of the way towards achieving the gold medal. 99% of the time, you're going to fail. You're going to lose the race. You're going to lose the game, the sport, the, the deal, the whatever. And you figure you, what, what happens is you get better and better at getting around that. So that's process people who every day just focus today on what, how can I improve a little bit more in the direction I'm going? I might swerve directions. I don't know, but I'm going to just try to improve in whatever direction I need to go. Whereas I've seen a lot of people be the complete opposite. And I find these people to be toxic, at least when they're in my life is they, let's say they, uh, I'm just going to make it up. I can't think of a, a, you know, let's say they want to get a PhD and uh, the PhD gets rejected or or they, they want to, they write a whole book and the book gets rejected everywhere and they get depressed for six straight months and, and are constantly saying, I just got my book rejected. You know, I can't deal with this right now. And so they're, they're just goal oriented. They're they're thinking like they had the one goal. It didn't happen, which is completely normal as we've seen from the 500 successful people we've interviewed. And they won't hear it if if they if you I mean it's not my role to say hey focus on process yeah. instead of outcome but they they just don't even understand what that means they, they 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 literally are just about the fame or the outcome or the money yeah and that will you know it's almost like money doesn't solve your problems process solves your problems and and they don't get that at all yeah I think I think about that a lot and, and you have to remove yeah. yourselves from them too you have to remove yourself with people. And again, I, I, I'm telling you, I, if you got it, you spot it. I was there and for a long time and you didn't feel like you had that much of a choice. Like there are a lot of people who don't feel like you have a choice. And I think sometimes you have to step back and really 
work on just giving yourself more and more choices. And that's kind of how a little by little, a little becomes a lot. Like you get a little bit of freedom and then you have some more time or you make a little bit of money, then you could save it away. And, you know, or in just, you know, you have a part-time job, you, you know, I'm excited for your book, The Side Hustle Bible, you know, where people have a side hustle, you know, or you have a front burner like Tom Frank says and a back burner and you have, you know, you could be waitressing and hoping to be a comedian or, it's, you know, doing all different kinds of things, but like you uh, gradually you'll get better at comedy and maybe have more time. We've seen this countless times with people. And we did a great interview with Sebastian Manikowski at Four Seasons where he used to work. So I, but I do think that, you know, I didn't feel like I had as much of a choice. You're in TV, you're competing with all these other people. You have fear of missing something. You have, uh, well, you might also have, when yeah. you're in a corporation, yeah. you're in this artificial hierarchy, right? right? So you're every yeah. day, Going into work into essentially like like a palace, right? You know this big building where at the top might be the CEO and at the bottom is the mailroom. Right. You know, kind of a, a yeah. cliche. And uh, uh, you know, you are trying to move to the top because it's, it's a yeah. natural instinct. You're in a you're it's yeah. a tribal instinct. You want to be the top of the hierarchy. You want to keep getting promoted and 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 because you know all the people yeah. around you, the five people around you who are just in the cubicles yeah. around you, they're looking at promotions or demotions. Yeah as signs of status yes. or, or de-statusing. And, and again, it's an artificial hierarchy. And and if, if people get so disappointed, oh, this guy got the promotion instead of me. Well, what we see again from yeah. successful people in the corporate world, like when Beth Comstock yeah. came on, yeah. she was formerly, what, like vice chairman of GE. Yeah. Well, she didn't become the CEO of, of GE. Yeah. And all the other people at the top level who didn't become the CEO of GE you didn't see them fall into depression. They all just went and became the CEOs of other companies. Yeah. They left and became the CEOs of other companies. And that speaks to choice. But I think like, yeah, I think for I think you can get into a funk and you could, you know, perseverate and constantly be there and then not feel like you have a lot of choice. And I get it. Like you can work in these environments. And again, that if you're lucky enough when you see people, and again, it doesn't mean, you know, I remember Kathy Ireland had said, Don't be afraid to leave something good for something great. Like you know, and if you have a choice, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to, you know, cast aspersions on that other person. You can be like, it's not for me. Like, if I have a choice, right, I think that's a, that's the key phrase. Yeah. It's not it's not for me, or this person's not for me. It doesn't even have to focus on yeah. the toxicity. It's just we're going in different ways, yeah. and I have to and be in a different place. I think some people stay in your life for a reason, a season, a lifetime. Like, and you know, and but I think like now, I definitely. I'm very, very mindful of every encounter we have. Like, how can this be a win-win? And I can look back and it's, you know, what was it? Like all dysfunctional families are, are the same and they're, you know, all happy families are the same and all dysfunctional families are different. You know, it's a tall story, you know. And I think that when you look back and you can think about toxic relationships, when people are toxic or negative or don't have your best interests at heart or don't think about it, you know, you're in a corporate environment they'll secretly go behind your back about things or they'll, right. they're will they not open. And a good relationship is honest and open. If you're open about everything you do, I could look at it and say, you know, you're not like those kids in high school who say, oh, I hardly studied. And you studied 10 hours and that kid over there is thinking, wow, I'm a moron. You know, this guy doesn't even study. Like to be honest with people and to be open and you've done that with your struggles and then it does ignite people to say like, wow, I can do that too, so, you know? So, so, so that's a good environment and a good relationship where it's people are open and honest with each other and don't hold back and aren't secretly 
hiding stuff from you because they don't want to share with you. It's not a generous environment. Right, like people, I, uh, people often kind of think they have to protect their turf when the reality is if you open your turf up, it gets bigger. Yeah, and I, and I think so, again, you know, I, I remember, you know, I think about, you know, you've talked about this a lot where success leaves clues and I've watched, watch anybody who's really good at something, right? And they have a little bit of contempt for people who aren't that way. You know, and I and I'm not, and I think I'll, I'll watch Kevin Durant, the basketball player, and he'll simply watch other players, and the guy will like foul them really hard, and he's not going to sit there and waste a lot of energy. And he said, "That's not a basketball play. That's not a basketball player. You know, they don't want to be champion. They don't want to be like that." And so, fine, if you don't want to, that's fine. Do yeah. your thing, like, but it's not for me. And and I've talked about this before, and now I finally do feel like I can choose, like. We can choose. Like when we started, we would have certain people, and I'd said that guy's fine, but every time he does something, he acts like he's giving us his kidney. And you said, Steve, we can choose ourselves, you know, and that could be fine for somebody else. Hallelujah, you know, go to town with them, but it's not for me. Yeah, and like one thing I would suggest to people is, uh, and this was very good advice I got uh, back in 1995. Uh, every two years, if you're in a corporate job. Every two years, just apply for some other job. Yeah. So, so on the one hand, uh, it kind of avoids this problem of of thinking too much in the hierarchy that you're in. Like, so you're not so obsessed with the next promotion because you realize there's a, an outside world. But it also helps you to see, you know, the job market is a a market like anything else. Price yeah. slash salary is ruled by supply and demand. So if you if you if you put if you put your resume out there every couple of years you see what the demand is for you. You see what the supply of people like yeah. you are out there, you know, and that's dependent on have you improved your skills or not. And then you see what possible salaries are out there for you. So you don't have to be so obsessed with the one salary you're making or the one job title you have or whatever, which is why people often make huge rises when they move horizontally in their industry instead of trying to move just vertically in their company. Sure. So, so that's one piece of advice. And, um, uh, the other one is not advice as much as a story. So one time I was business partners with somebody and the relationship might've even st- started toxic, but it certainly became toxic. This person literally like screamed at me repeatedly, like on the phone and accused me of all these things. And I decided, you know what? No one, no one has yelled at me since I was a kid. Yeah, And, you know, and this person's, even younger than me, not that that matters, but I don't want anybody yelling at me and I'm, you know, yeah. life, life is too short. So, so I never, I actually never spoke to him again through an intermediary. I bought his shares and it wasn't easy. It took about eight months of, of work on my part to find someone to, to buy him out and fine. I'm not saying he's a bad person. Maybe we just needed to go in different directions. Uh, I, I, you know, sure. I had a, I had a good result as as a result of doing this, and I found you know good partners, and and everything was was fine. So you do have to take action. You can't fight the person. Like I never spoke to that person again. I never said to him, "You're wrong." Yeah, yeah. You know, because that no one's going to say, "Oh, you're right. I'm wrong." Very few people will say that. You have to actually just take action on your own. You have to like right. choose the phrase, choose yourself. No, but I think, like I said earlier, like quoting myself. Um, you don't get clean rolling around in the mud. You get clean, you know, uh, getting out of it. And I and I would say I want to pay you a compliment because, again, you know, it's like Chase, the right relationship is everything, you know, and you think like— But you it's know, so hard because I'll, yeah. the person who 
cuts me down, suddenly you feel this yes. instinctive urge to win them back. Well, that's but that is the idea of wrong. a toxic person, where or to you, figure out what you did wrong. Yes, but you you feel like you need their validation, and and look, it's easy to say, yes. okay, I'm going to leave. Yes, I'm going to ignore that. That person was wrong. I'm going to ignore them. But you know, maybe there was something that was right in no. what they were doing. So you I, have to train yourself to. Yeah, you ha- it takes discipline, and you have to just. I think there was a Cheryl Crow song where she just talked about how it got it was hard at the beginning, and then it slowly but surely like gets easier, and you have to. You know, do that. I was going to say, you know, I'm grateful to you because you knew that I had a like quotes and, you know, and you made me like do things like that just to say, hey, not to like, Steve, write a book on quotes, do the job, Steve. And like that process helped me. And when I was preparing for this thing on brand, I remember sending you, don't make yourself, don't make somebody a priority if you're only an option for them, if you have a choice or, you know, don't set, yourself, don't set yourself on fire to keep somebody else warm, you know? And I thought they were very helpful to me. Dude, like don't that, make someone a priority if you're only an option. Yeah, and I think about that and like, okay, you know, like I've dealt with people like that and you're kind of like, and before you would run around because again, in your mind, you have a reason to do it. You think it's going to yield a certain outcome. That person might be promising you money. And to me, it doesn't work out. It doesn't, you know, when you do something, again, you, in your book, you talked about when you do things you don't want to do. I don't have it committed to memory. We put it on the waiter's pads, but, um, right, you resent that person. and Yeah, you ultimately, know, you're, yeah. they're choosing you. If you don't choose your own agenda, someone else is choosing it, yeah. and it's not gonna, the result's not going to be as good for you. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, thinking about it in terms of the podcast, right, we, uh, you know, there are a lot of priorities for us. Like, like yeah. there are so many guests that I could say, yeah. oh, if that guest says, potential guest says yeah. yes, that's a priority. But the, the, and obviously, like, let's say we wanted, um, I don't know, Donald Trump or Barack Obama sure. on the podcast. That would be a huge priority. Uh, and we're only an option. But to yeah. go along with your quote, we solve that problem by having huge, we diversify yeah. our priorities. Yeah. So we don't need to have, Barack Obama, we can have this person or this person or these thousand people that we have made into a list yeah. and they'll all be equally good and, or, you know, with, with a range, right. but they'll all be really great guests that, that we legitimately want and would like to have. And then now we've, because we've diversified so much, the priorities have been sort of demoted to options. Yeah. And I, but I, yeah, there's that. And, or like yeah. in a business, if you have yeah. a big sales pipeline, instead of just one if, if yeah. you have a lot of people you're approaching for sales instead of just one, you've taken that priority and devoted them to an option when, you know, so so you, you level the playing field. So that's the way to kind of do Absolutely, but I, I will always I will always try for those people that we always feel like we're good enough and they'll yeah, say yes. Yeah, the process is we'll treat them yeah. well, we'll treat them like priorities, but the process is also we have many options. We'll treat, treat yeah. many people like priorities. Yeah, and I, look, again, when we had a guest here and – you know, I think she remarked to us, oh, you know, the people at our publishing company want to meet you, James and Steve, you know. And and I was like, well, why don't they just come here? Like, they could have just seen us here. They would have met me. They would have, you know, talked to us about other clients of theirs. They would have, uh, you know, seen the comedy club. You would have invited them to watch you do stand-up. And, you know, and you had initially said, well, Steve, you know, uh, maybe they're busy. And I'm like, maybe they're, you know, if she were Jennifer Lopez, wouldn't they have been here for her? You know, shouldn't you treat her like that? And don't right, you and, want, and, and, don't and, you want to be around somebody who thinks like that? And, you know, and so, yes, I think, 
you know, I think there's something to be said, not just, you know, not only on that author's point, but on those people over there. And that's why, that's why they're not further along. Right, because I think yeah. even inaction yeah. is toxicity. I mean, people who yes. do the bare minimum and, and don't think uh, a little bit outside of the box to help the people around them, that by itself could be toxic I, for I'm, someone. I'm grateful, you know, that I have, you know, I don't think that I'm under the same relentless gun of like TV and just that push, you know, where there's breaking news stories and you don't feel like you have as much control by the nature of that business or you have a lot of other people around. And so I do have time now to mentor people and I want to pick somebody worthy of my time and I'll pick them. And, you know, the old Frank Shamrock, Ryan Holiday talk about plus equal minus where he fights guys his own level, trains with guys better than him and coaches other people. And I'll look at them and I try and become the change I desire. Like I don't, I was with a lot of people where they're like, yeah, that's okay for you, you know, to have this, but I want this, you know, and there's a hierarchy over there. And, you know, that's not what I want. I want them to say like, hey, you know, which is why I don't, we were we were killing you about the, the subtitle, but I think there is, here's why, like when we meet people, here's why you should do this. You're gonna be, you know, and I'll say, dude, do this. You're going to be happier. You're going to have more choices. You're going to make more money. You're going to have more time with your family. Like, I'll tell them that. Like, you know, I give them the carrot and the stick and I'll say, dude, do this. But the difference is between now and before, like, I won't, I'm not going to sit there and put my ladder up against the wrong wall. Like, if I'm going to invest in them, I'm going to push them. And, and I'm again, gonna, all these things require yeah. a certain discipline yeah. to, to, to stick with it to or, or to, yeah. to step out when it's no longer but being... I, Talk about it. We're fortunate to have Stan Hoffman, who's managed 38 boxing champions here. What's and his name? Stan Hoffman. <laughs> He's managed. Is that a cool dude managed? in the loose mood? Uh, Stan's here. But no, Stan talks about it all the time, right? Like he can't, you can't take a, you know, a plow horse and make him into a Clydesdale, right? Like we talk about it a lot. We're focused on selection rather than development. And so, okay. That's a very good quote. Like if people, we have people around us and they don't want it and they're not process oriented or they don't see like that's what appealed to me about you like you wanted to like be successful you weren't just you were loved it for the sake of it like you were interested in whoever like you know i could name a hundred different people and yes your eyes were bigger than your stomach but like you really were interested in that you were interested you were just curious and but, interested. but again it's it's process it's not like yes i want i i said to you i, I just want to be the best the biggest podcast yeah. in the world. Like we, yes. regardless of, once we're in a podcast, regardless of yeah. whether we get lots of downloads or no downloads, it's, yeah. we still do the same job for each when guest. When you get up and do comedy, whether there's three people, 700, you, you perform the same, right? Like it's not, that person over there can be that one person who sees you, you know? And, yeah. and I think about that all the time. Like, you know, we've had people come up and say James really changed my life or that book and that's gratifying right isn't that what you why we're doing this like, yeah and 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 so this all sort of also segues into a category which I think yeah. is not usually considered toxic but I think it kind of is um which is uh if somebody's a hypocrite yeah 100% so, so like let's say someone um is I'm just going to make something up let's say someone is super against climate change but then they I don't know what would be what would be oh, so if they're super against climate change and they'd ride in private jets they yeah uh yeah or, they, or let's be yeah. in the right category let's say someone's um 
a, a feminist, yeah. but their their uh, you know brother has just been accused of yeah. hashtag Me Too and you know something, and it's probably the accusations are probably true, and then they. De- yeah, I mean, you see this in the news. I don't know anybody personally like this, but uh, yeah. Uh, but I'll it, give an example. I mean, Adam Horowitz of Beastie Boys, his dad Israel Horowitz was accused of it, and he was like, "Yeah, it's wrong." You know, my I, dad I don't did know it. the story. What happened? Oh, his dad Israel Horowitz back, you know, wrote "Park Your Car in Harvard Yard," one of the Beastie Boys. You probably did their website. <laughs> no, that, that's <laughs> the one website. And they're amazing artists, obviously the Beastie yeah. Boys. But like they. His dad was a well-known playwright, and he had had incidents, which you know the Times reported, you know, in the flurry of all the Me Too movement. And Adam Harvitz said, "Yeah, you know, I know he's my dad, but I'm sure he did it, and it's despicable. And you have to have the courage to call balls and strikes, and to call him, and to say, yeah, it hurts me to do this, but I'm going to tell the truth. And you know, and just because you know you like somebody or whatever, you have to call it." The way you the way it, you see it and the way yeah, it is and be like, intellectually honest, you know. You know, it's like uh, uh, Dave Chappelle talks about this exact issue because Bill Cosby was a hero to him, yeah. and you know, he said everybody around him like couldn't believe it when all these accusations yeah. about rape. It wasn't just it wasn't I should right. say just, but it wasn't like yeah. he was harassing him. He was like knocking right. them out and then raping right. them, and uh, and then. It was just too much. Like he, he, you know, he said, you know, just think if Bill Cosby had done forty less rapes, <laughs> he still would have raped twenty people. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just, it's yeah, too much. Sure. It's like he, there was no way around it. Like he just had to say and, he's not and a good I guy. I think that we all have to be careful of our own biases and not be hypocritical. Again, I think love, that's not very hard for me. I love Chris Rock with Heat of a Thousand Suns. I mean, I think he's a brilliant guy. But remember when he said, I always liked where he said. You know, if Anita Hill with Clarence Thomas, if he looked like Denzel Washington, she'd be like, Denzel, you nasty. And there are people who had somebody in their political party was a certain way, and then they turn the other, you know, they they overlook it if that person's like that. And I think we all have to look at it and say, hey, that's wrong. I was a news person. I think, I don't know how much MSNBC who would have run the Jussie Smollett alleged hoax all day you know, long if it was legitimate, if people actually beat him up and said MAGA, you know, uh, country, even though 10 degrees below zero and it was uh, <laughs> the place was 88% Trump supporters. But like, if assuming that was true, you would have heard it all about the time, about the deleterious effects of, you know, the rhetoric that's out there. And so if the converse happened, maybe you should cover it. Like, you you know, and and I would say the same thing on the other side, if there's stuff that doesn't reflect well on so, you. So so if you a know, person, if you see that in a yes, person. Yes, if you see it in a person, I I think it's. It's another example where they just, it's a data point where you're like, okay, maybe this is not the person who's going to, yeah. you know, be the five people around me. Yeah. And, you know, I, yeah. And, 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 and I think, I think I'm, I'm seeing in the email, your friend Tom, you know, he, he sort of says it direct. You have to eliminate them from your orbit in a passive-aggressive manner, which I agree with. Like, passive-aggressive yeah. sounds bad. Like That's what he was saying. Yeah, he was saying that, you know. But 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 uh, uh, at the same time, you can't just be aggressive because that has no effect. And if you're passive, you're letting them still invade your boundaries. You have to kind of be passive-aggressive. Well, that's what I alluded to before. It seemed like that was what that gray rock theory is where you just be bland. Like, if I see somebody mm. that is like that or I know if I bring up stuff to them, okay, you know, and maybe, yeah, I think that's 
the lesser of two evils is to just kind of be care, you know, keep it general, keep it moving. And, and they're not, yeah, they're not gonna, you know, uh, again, I, Chris Rock, where he said, oh, and Siegfried and Roy were attacked, and, you know, and he's, oh, if the tiger went crazy. And he goes, that tiger didn't go crazy. That tiger went tiger. Like, that's who these people are. So, like, you're not, you're, it's going to be hard for you to change them. You know, and 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 Linda Papadopoulos, yeah. who's, uh, uh, has been, she's a psychiatrist, I forget. Uh, yeah, she's a psychologist. 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 And England, she, she's great. been on the podcast, but this is how my memory is. And she, she was great on the podcast. She wrote uh, Types of Toxic People. So I just want to read her list real quickly. Because we just talked about this one. Incongruence between stated beliefs and actions. So that's sort yeah. of hypocrisy. Um, those who try to guilt you rather than genuinely trying to thrash out an issue. Uh, those who compete to be the most offended. Uh, competitive victimhood. Social climbers. People that are form over content. So you can say that's goal over yeah, yeah. Uh, process. People that expect you to read their minds and don't take ownership of what they need. So blame you if they don't get it. Uh, one-way traffickers, you know, all take and no give. So we've we've seen a lot of that. Uh, people that lie to themselves about themselves and ask you to partake in that lie. What's an example of that? Um, people that lie to themselves about themselves and ask you to partake in that. Oh, lie. interesting. Well, I just think there are people who just need affirmation so much. Didn't I do you know an amazing job at comedy? No, oh, I don't right, know. right. And so, and, and, and then if you say, well, yeah. you could have been better this way. Yeah. Um, and you know, if they suddenly um, treat you badly but, for that, then that's. But it brings us back behavior. to our point, though, too. Like, like I when I counsel a friend who's at a certain job that I was in a similar situation, like you have people's trust and attention. Like I'll tell you, hey, I was a swing and a miss, dude. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, um, you know, but you tried. Like, we'll get him next time, Tiger. What I kill it every time. <laughs> No, but you should, you know, and I think like when you're not in good situations, that person doesn't care about you. And I, and when you're in those situations where it's like, hey, sorry, I was late. You know, my mom is sick. The people who care about you are like, oh my God, if you, you know, if you don't betray their trust, like if you are the victim all the time after a while, you know, if you, you know, you could be that toxic person by go going to that well too many times. But if the person cares about you, they're going to want you to do well. They care about you. Like they want you to do well. So like, I'm concerned about, like, and for me, like, sometimes I might have to say no to somebody and I, that person was my friend or, you know, and I have to think beyond me and say, hey, is this good for us? You know, and I'll be up front and, you know, or, you know, and just try and handle it, you know, in a certain way. And like, you have to think about why, like, why are you doing this? Are you afraid to say no? Are you, um, are you doing it to please them? Are you doing it because you have your own agenda that's out extracurricular to what we're trying to do here, which is put the interesting guests to have interesting conversations inspire people which is okay if people. people have different yeah. agendas i think again there's a positive way to yeah. do it and a negative way yeah. to do it uh like you said before being open and transparent yeah. about it is is, yeah. is usually the the positive way right. to do it and I, and I think to kind of to sum all this up is that we've identified a bunch of toxic behaviors but it's always sort of the same solution which is to kind of Make sure they're not, you know, if you're, if you really are the five people, the average of the five people you bring into your life, the, the less toxicity in your life, probably the less toxic you will be. So sometimes people ask me, well, what if I'm the, how do I know that I'm not the toxic one? Again, if you just look at the people around you, if, if they're not, if on average they're not toxic, chances are you're probably avoiding toxicity. And I, I think that's the most important thing is not necessarily 
to be happy, but if by el eliminating the toxic people in your life, you simply become less toxic, which allows you to become more process oriented, more productive, and then ultimately more successful. Yeah, I think, I think with a lot of situations, I think I try and idealize things, you know, and, and, you know, you said this, what would this be like if it's easy? Or what would it be like if this was a healthy relationship? Or what would this be like if this person really wanted you to do well? How would they act, you know? And if they really wanted you to do well, they would push you. They would say, hey, in your case, Steve, I want you to write this book, do this, or get out of your comfort zone. If it's not for you, you know, it helps me. Or, and I think that, you know, that's what you want. And I think it's very true. Avoid people who make you fearful or sad. Avoid people who don't have your best interest at heart. And sometimes it takes you a while to realize that. And it and, takes a it takes a long while. I've been guilty yeah. of it so many times uh, with yeah. so many bosses and colleagues and friends. And it's guilty of it last week, just obsessing for one day on, you know, why did this friend behave this way? Uh, it took me a while to sort yeah. of say, okay, well, that's just not a relationship I need in my life, as opposed to wondering over and yeah. over again why, even though I knew intellectually, yeah. don't ask why. I uh, just think it's like the expression, like, if you can't change the people around you, change the people around you, you know? And, and after a while, you can't, quote. you can't change them, you know? Like you can't, and so I've tried to do that, but I just think that, you know, I, I try and be an idealist. Like, you think in your personal relationships, remember, like, it says, like, uh, I think it was loud too. If when you are in when you are in love, you feel courage, and when you feel loved, you feel strength. And you think about the relationships you have. Wait, when you're in love, you feel courage, right? And so, when like you, friends, if you yeah, you ask the girl out or whatever, and you it, feel courage, or if some if you if somebody wants to hit on your woman, then all of a sudden, you know, you you go from wimp to to you know. <laughs> You know, and, Say it, and went to pimp. Yeah, <laughs> we've already had a foul mouth podcast, so might as well keep. And you know, and if you feel loved, you feel strength. You feel like, wow, I have support. I have somebody who has my back. And I think that really propels. And it's not conditional. Yeah, and it's not conditional. And you know, it's not. Oh, if you do this, you know, and those again. So in my life now, I, I try and be around people who. And it's not, you know, you can miss on certain people. And again, I think like we've all been wronged by people by being the way we are. And I've had this conversation with people and 80 to 90% of the time, it leads you to really fruitful relationships and beautiful friendships and relationships with people. And then there's that time where it doesn't work and that's life sometimes. And then you have to just cut your losses from them. Right. And that's the hard part and that's the discipline. But I think it's, yeah. I think that's the way you, uh, Choose yourself. So as they yeah. say, yes, as they say, brilliant. as the kids say these days. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, toxic people with Steve Cohen. Yeah, <laughs> Not exactly. that he's toxic. Uh, what, should our, what should our next topic be? Um, why don't we put that out to the... Yeah, or, or yeah. Uh, you know, actually, I'll, I'll go back to the, the Q&A yeah. that people ask because we haven't uh, really addressed yeah. a lot of the questions that people asked that, that one day. So we'll, we'll address everything. Yep. Thank you very much, Thanks James. Thanks so much, Steve. Thanks for not being toxic. Maybe sometimes I am. Um, no. I think I think <laughs> I need to be. I think I in general need to improve on my boundaries with toxic people. But I've got I've gotten better at it. But again, it's like a spectrum, and so I've so maybe I'm like eight tenths of the way there, and I I, I want to be. I just want to keep improving. You you have an itch, and you want to scratch it. Essentially, yeah. I gotten better. I used to be really bad, and and I've gotten better and better and better. And, and a lot of it involves, you know, pulling away from people when they're no good for me. And a lot of it is 
training people. So if someone yeah. is talking to me on the phone and starts yelling, then I immediately say, okay, I do have you, to do go. Do you think that people treat you as bad as you let them? Yeah, I think people will treat you as bad as you let them. So if someone starts yelling at you on the phone and you say, okay, I have to go, you don't give a reason why, you just get off the phone. Yeah. And the next time you talk to them, you talk for yeah. 15 minutes and they start yelling at you and then you say, okay, I have to go. And you keep doing that. Eventually they'll stop yelling at you or they'll stop calling you. Well, you know, I, I was going to say, because I thought about that, because like if you're, you have people who are only interested in you for external things, right? Mm -hmm. And I do or other people. And I remember like there was somebody that I worked with and, and then somebody was like, oh, did you hear that blah, 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 you know, that she's doing this right now? And I was kind of like, it takes discipline, but you have to be like, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like to me, it's like we've talked about like the idea of like hire slow and fire fast. And in my mind, it's that's fine. You know, it's not a currency to me anymore, like what you're doing or who you know or all these external superficial things that had value in the previous incarnation in TV where you – because you're like, who cares if you know all these people? Like, who cares? Like, do you really care if you're Bill Cosby or Harvey Weinstein? You know, again, I'll bring it up to all of that thing over there. So I don't really care. You know, you want to be around people who are decent people or fun to be with who are happy for you and you do well. And we should try and be that way, right? You attract what you want by being what you want. Yeah, it's uh... – all right, let's – Basically, the party's where we're at, and yes, everyone 100%. else is invited. Yes, thank you. I like that. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.